Early Research Stories, your podcast uncovering stories from influential figures in the field of learning and instruction. What motivated them to become researchers? What are their next projects and what advice do they have for young researchers of early the European Association for Research on Learning and Instruction? Your host, Stefan Siegel. Welcome to episode six of the Early Research Stories podcast. I'm glad that you tuned in again. Today's guest is Tiger Bram. Tiger Bram is full professor for economic education at the University of Tübingen in Germany. She studied business education at the University of Mainz and in Ghent in Belgium and worked as a research assistant at the University of Kaiserslautern. In 2010, she completed her doctorate on the development of team competencies through computer-supported collaborative learning at the University of St. Gallen in Switzerland. After that, she was appointed to an assistant professor for higher education development at the University of St. Gallen, where she co-founded and led the Competence Center for Educational Development and Research in Higher Education. Tiger's research focuses on competency development of learners. For instance, she examines how students can cope with the transition from school to academic studies or vocational training. Furthermore, she investigates how interdisciplinary competencies can be promoted in economic learning environments and curricula. I'm excited that Tiger is here today, and I do hope that you enjoy this episode. So, hello, Tiger. How are you doing? Where are you calling from? Hello, I'm uh, calling from Tübingen, and um, I'm doing well today. Thank you. Uh, that's great to hear. Let's begin with our first thematic area. Um, it means your personal career, your journey, and your motivation for becoming a researcher. Could you tell our listeners and me how and why you started your academic research career? Yes, of course. I have to say that that's an interesting question. And um, to be honest, I actually started my academic career more out of curiosity and not with much strategy in mind. After I finished my studies in business education um, at the University um, of Mainz, I did not want to become a teacher at a school for vocational education at that point. I just felt too young to become a teacher. And um, at that point, I wasn't able to secure a job in the industry because the economy was quite weak. So um, I ended up um, getting a job at the University of Kaiserslautern, uh, which you already man mentioned. Um, and um, at that job, I managed distance learning programs. However, um, when I had the job, um, I found it quite repetitious after a while. So I happened to see a job offer for a PhD position at the University of St. Gallen in Switzerland. And this basically changed my life um, because I applied for the job and in the end um, I got it. And um, I can say now that this move abroad was the start of my academic career. Oh, that sounds so exciting, moving to a different country. Um, when you think of your beginning career in research, what would you say, what was your most memorable early career accomplishment? Yeah, so you already mentioned moving abroad, and that, of course, brought um, very um, interesting um, 
encounters with different people at the university, but also beyond the university. But when I think about my major accomplishment, I think at the beginning of my career, this was that I um, taught quite often in executive education. Within my team at the Swiss Center for Innovations in Learning, we held quite a few seminars and trainings for human resource managers, for personnel developers. And these customers basically paid for the seminars. And it was not always easy to please them. So um, in the end, I think that that really um, started my learning journey also with regard to um, teaching more advanced people and also yeah, um, being able to cope with difficult situations. So I would think that this was um, one of the most memorable early career accomplishments. That sounds very demanding to fulfill the needs of these participants. Could you tell us maybe about a person or a mentor who made an impact on you or set you on your current path or who guided you during this time? Yeah, um, of course, my PhD supervisor and um, my later postdoc mentor, um, Dieter Euler, comes to my mind. He, um, he was always open to my rather versatile interests, I have to say, and also pushed me beyond my limits, um, especially regarding different responsibilities. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful now that he, although that was quite hard and challenging at the time, he encouraged, or should I say, he made me write um, research proposals um, in the early years of my postdoc. So um, that, of course, helped me a lot later in my career because I had already this experience of um, writing research proposals. And the second thing that I really like about his mentorship is that he also trusted me with quite a lot of responsibility. So, for instance, um, I had quite a bit of budget early on and also um, many team members. So I also um, was able to learn how to lead a team, how to um, budget um, um, different projects. So um, I really, I really think that that helped me in my career. But of course, in addition to this mentor, there are many other people that I'm very thankful for. So I, I would say that in addition to a main mentor, also peer mentors um, are very relevant uh, for one's career. So um, I can, of course, only name a few of my former colleagues. Um, there's my co-author and friend Tobias Jenat, um, who uh, I published quite a few papers with. I would like to mention um, Lysia Kortjens, um, whom I actually met during an early symposium, I believe, in, in Munich. Um, and with her, I published um, uh, or we edited um, several papers um, that were published in a co-edited journal edition. Well, thank you for your insights and for looking back. Let's move on to our second thematic area the research in your field and potential future research. What do you think, what have been the major changes in your fields of research since you have been working on it? Okay. Um, 
the major changes in my field. I'm now referring to the field of higher education. And um, there are three noteworthy aspects, I would say. So first of all, digitalization has always accompanied my research. However, I think that um, it moved from being a niche topic in the late 2000s to now being a mainstream research theme. So um, I find it now a lot more difficult to get studies published because um, above all, also in the context of um, COVID-19, much, much research has been conducted and um, wants to get published nowadays. So that's the first um, aspect that I think changed. The digitalization really has um, taken up speed. The second aspect um, is a matter of methodology. Um, at the beginning of my PhD, um, I had the feeling that mixed methods research was already a, a topic, of course, but it was somewhat a hot topic. So now I find it not that exceptional anymore that people do mixed methods research. So for me, it seems to have become more or less the norm of research methodology. And then furthermore, of course, in terms of quantitative research, a major change is um, certainly the availability of machine learning methods, also for researchers who are not machine learning experts. So we can now deal with big data sets far easier than this was the case at the beginning of my research, which opens up new research topics. So a third point that I really find noteworthy and also a very good development is um, the discussion revolving around both open educational resources and open science. Both, um, in my opinion have increased over the years. Um, of course, there is still a lot of room for improvement, but I'm very happy to see these developments and also try to contribute to them myself. Are you also currently working on these areas? What is consuming your time and energy at the moment? So currently I'm, I'm working on different studies. So um, for instance, um, I'm working with my PhD students and postdocs um, on a literature review on bilingual teacher education, also a study with explanatory videos in the area of economic education, and another study on students' first year experience in higher education. This, um, the last one, has been a very fascinating topic for me for quite a while now. And um, in addition to research, of course, um, teaching my classes and also being the Dean of Studies for my department keeps me quite busy. I can imagine that. In your opinion, what will be the most important questions you are going to tackle in the future? What are your next goals regarding your research? Will you have time for that? <laughs> I'm sure that I will continue to work on students' transition to higher education. And most likely, I would like to extend it further to include also the processes of becoming ready for university of college or college during high school. 
And my next imminent goal is to submit a research proposal to the German Research Foundation to get funding for a PhD to work with me on the topic of transition. I'm also doing that in cooperation with other early members. And continuously, I'm also eager to provide um, the, past, the, the best possible support for my students, my PhD candidates and my postdocs. And um, I can say that uh, this is the part of the job that uh, makes me most happy. Concerning my time, um, it's always um, a struggle, of course, to um, have time for research, to make time for research, but I continue to try doing that. That sounds good. Our third thematic area is about your involvement in early and potential advice you might have for younger scholars. What does being part of early mean to you and what are your most memorable experiences when you think of early? Yeah, being part of the early um, has been one of my most uh, pleasing and um, also productive experiences as a researcher. I first went to the early in Budapest in 2007, I think. And um, there, I have to say, as a young researcher, as a PhD candidate, I felt quite overwhelmed. But we were there with a big group of researchers from Switzerland, and um, I managed to give my first research presentation there, which, of course, made me very happy. Ever since then, the early community has accompanied my research, and um, I, I can say that um, the SIG4 higher education is my scientific home where I found friends and collaborators. And I already mentioned that I edited a special issue um, for higher education together with Dr. Um, Korkians, Caroline Trautwein and Sari Lindblom-Milene, and also um, a special issue with frontline learning research together with Michael de Klerk and others. And both of these special issues were born during symposia, either at the early or at a SIG4 conference. So I can say that the early really con contributed to my international network. But also your commitment paid off in the end. Yes, you can say that, yeah. Um, could you give maybe some advice for future higher education researchers? Yeah, I, I always find it difficult to give advice, but I can maybe say what I would have done differently in retrospect um, in my career. And maybe this helps some researchers to make it um, better for themselves. So first of all, um, I think that I should have organized symposia earlier on in my career uh, to actively find these collaborators, the ones that I mentioned before, they basically pretty much happened um, to be part of my path, but I didn't really, you know, proactively search for them. Um, I was rather found, um, and now I would I I would think that it would have been even better to actively search for collaborators, because for me um, it is now very important to have these fruitful collaborations to both publish my research and also. Um, to have um, collaborative uh, research projects. The second thing that I think I would have um, done differently is that I could have put more emphasis on a more systematic research portfolio. Although I really liked almost every project that I pursued, 
um, I think it would have made my career a bit more easy um, if it had been focused. But then, of course, I don't want to miss any of the experience I had in different contexts and settings. So for me, this is still an open question, how um, straightforward a research pro uh, portfolio should be. And um, maybe this is also because um, this is, seems to be the motto of my life. Um, always keep on learning, be it in higher education or about higher education or um, in other parts of life. Wow, I think that's a great motto. Thanks for your insights and reflection. I learned so much. It was a pleasure listening to you. Well, thank you, Stefan, for the interview. This is a podcast produced by the European Association for Research on Learning and Instruction in collaboration with the Institute of Business Education and Educational Management and the Media Lab at the University of St. Gallen. Thank you for listening and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.